Welcome to Recovery Connections Podcast, the show that provides information about helping you in substance abuse treatment. For more information, please visit drughelp.info. Now, here are your hosts, Recovery Connection CEO Michael Breyer and Chief Clinical Director Greg Grouston. Welcome to Recovery Connection Podcast, where we talk about substance abuse treatment out in the real world. My name is Michael Breyer. I'm CEO of Recovery Connection, and with me is my partner, Greg Graustein, who's Chief Clinical Director over at Recovery Connection. Today's topic, it's the big one. It's the one Greg's been waiting for every second of the day to talk about which is the latest and greatest of medications that is out there in the marketplace. Now, remember, Supplicate's a brand name. It's not actually what it is, but we're going to use the Supplicate name, and hopefully the company won't be upset that we use it. In fact, it should be very happy since it's on TV advertising it anyway, so it wants to get known anyway. So let's kick this off, and let's talk about what is Supplicate and why the heck should I actually even be interested in listening to this podcast. Well, I'm going to make sure it recognize that I'm going to stay on what the company has produced as their disclaimer, what Sublicade in their uh, PI of what Sublicade has been put out to the public. Cover so, your butt, as I'm they say. I'm covering my butt on it. So Sublicade is buprenorphine in a injectable form, long acting. That is a... That means I get a shot. You get a shot. And it means that... Stays in my body a long time? It stays in your body a long time, and there's a level that's where oral medication, the side effect of coming off of it can go, as we talked before, is that if I abruptly stop, it can go, it can start to have withdrawal effects without within two to uh, three to five days. This long acting can actually go for over a month and a half to almost even further, depending on how long you've been actually on the shot. So I... I could get a shot, and I might not even need another shot for another 45 days? The recommendation is a monthly injection of Sublicade. It is a different form of that of treatment because you're doing loading doses the first two doses of injection. The first month, you'll have a 300-milligram injection of subcutaneous buprenorphine. All right, so for us people who don't speak uh, French. Just, just under the skin. Oh, so I'm going to get a shot under the skin. Not in a vein, not in a muscle. The doctors are aware and licensed to do that, to watch the videos on how to do this injection. So since I'm a muscular guy who's got like a flat belly with no fat and all muscles, that means they could never give me a shot. We can say subcutaneous <laughs> structure. Once the injection is done, within the next 24 hours, that injection, a fluid-based injection, is then going to form a gelled mass of buprenorphine because it's married with what's called atrogel, and that helps the body absorb all the moisture from that shot and to make it more of a gelled mass of a solid. So it turns from a liquid, liquid to, to a solid. Yep, but a jelly solid. Okay. It's not going to be protruding. You can be able to feel it and, and, and potentially see it, depending on if you have any muscular strength or not. However, that product right there is a long-acting buprenorphine, meaning it's going to give a high dose of buprenorphine in the system 24 hours a day. So how does the body use it? Like, does it... <laughs> like so, does your body does your body call up to you down to your stomach and say yo stomach i need some scent up around it's here it's a constant with it's a constant flood of buprenorphine and high dose 
where you before where you're taking it oral and if you missed a day or two your fluctuation of your buprenorphine or your nanogram level that's another medical term of what we want to try to provide is a the company wanted to provide is over two nanograms in the body and it's a medical term of a flood of buprenorphine the first two shots of 300 because we want to give the body a high dose. So basically you're storing extra for the winter type of thing. Exactly. And actually on the second shot, you're actually storing even higher. So it's going to bring someone definitely over the two nanogram level, even possibly even higher. There is no medical risk on a high dose of buprenorphine in the body. Actually the medical amount of the oral and the, the injection, there is no medical increase of any of the symptoms or behaviors because you're using the same product. Is there any correlation between the eight milligrams of film or tablet that I might be taking each day to the 300 milligrams of the sub on at least eight milligrams of buprenorphine oral before starting sublocade, you should be on at least a week's worth. We would never start anybody on an injection first. We want to have a receptors full with buprenorphine. So they have to be at least seven days of eight milligrams or higher, 16 milligrams. And then a, an injection can be given. That loading dose the first month is happening of 300. The second month is another 300 dose to keep that nanogram level, a milligram level high in the body, as you said, a reserve tank of buprenorphine. On the third month, to maintain that high level, you're only now taking 100 milligrams. And okay. that holds it because what we talk about is half-lives. The half-life of sublocate is between 40 and 60 days, not hours where the oral can be. So it really can put that person into a solid statement of constant medication that is needed for your brain and your body to maintain itself in recovery. When we look at the opposite side of it, if a person is now wanting to come off sublocade, as we talked beforehand of that cross-country path of being s slower slope, yep. the half-life of being 40 to 60 days is that it actually is a longer and flatter slope to come down on. But it also means that the period of recovery, the, the therapeutic window, let's say when you're taking the medication, we know the therapeutic window at every month taking it, you're maintaining that therapeutic range. It may get to a month and a week, a month and a half, depending on how many months and treatment that you have. It's still going to be a monthly injection, working with the doctor regarding that, working with the counselor. It's going to maintain one major thing. You now no longer have to worry, did I remember to take my Ah, so, so that's a pro, obviously. Did I no longer have to stand in line at a pharmacy and feel like I'm an outsider? Whoa, or whoa, whoa. Like so I don't have to stand in a pharmacy. So where do I get the shot? So the injection is approved by your insurance company, and especially pharmacy then mails it to the office. It's stored in the office. So the doctor's office gets the medication. In your name. You've already approved it because you may have received a phone call from that specialty pharmacy to you, and you approve the purchase of this product to be sent to that office. Hence why we said, need to give us an accurate phone number because they have to call you just like how you okay at CVS Pharmacy that I will pay for this. It will be them asking, can we bill your insurance company? Okay. And, the, and quickly on it, 
all insurance, uh, majority of all insurance companies cover Sublicade. There's only Tufts that is requiring a buy-in bill where we would have to buy it personally and try to get reimbursed at this time. That is, uh, majority of companies don't do that because it, they may not, the insurance company could take a year to pay us back. But all the rest of the insurance companies do approve Sublicade to be bought by insurances. A commercial plan, a, pay, a payer uh, will may request you to pay a, around five to ten, or a very small amount of money if you have a my copay, a copay of, and it's very small. Medicaid plans, you're covered. You're not having to put out any money in that nature. Medicare, same thing. Depending on the state and uh, what your in specific insurance, we can work with. Okay, all right. So the upside is it's there all the time. How much? Does your body use of that 300 initially each day? Like well, that's where the maintenance of that 100 will maintain. So we want to put your body into the extra gas tank level, and that 100 should maintain that body in a consistent basis from there on in, just maintaining at 100. Is there specific cases where a person may need to return back to 300? There's... Potential if a person has a history of heroin IV use that have gone back to maintaining at 300 because of the level of damage that has happened in the poisons that you've used. Some people can maintain at 100, and it can be evaluated if they're not feeling as supported. There's no paperwork. They just ask for So, all right. So questions that I would ask is, can what happens if I do wind up shooting some heroin while I'm on the sublicate shot, what's going to happen to me? So by the PI, there was studies comparing in person on sublicate and 18 milligrams of hydromorphone or Dilaudid, challenging against it. They gave patients on a week-to-week basis that were on the injection, and they were given this Dilaudid and said, did you have any effect? And they showed during a graph that very little any of any effect, any pleasurable effect was had. This allowed the company to be able to say we're at blocker of up to 18 milligrams of hydromorphone. That's a pretty strong amount of opiate challenging the no, body. That's, that stuff's good, actually. That, I've <laughs> been on pre- that stuff. That's so good. That's a pretty strong amount to try to <laughs> challenge a body to get high, but it actually blocks it. And when, with that high level of cons- constant dose being delivered in your body, it will if you're attempting to slip and try something, it may not work. If you use something and try to get an experience by putting lethal doses, you could go to a lethal dose and possibly overdose and die. I'm not going to make that. But however, simple slips of some sort, you're, it would have zero to no effect to it. Okay. So who's, who is the perfect person for take because i assume this is not for everybody so who, who would you say would be the ideal candidates for getting the shot versus taking the pill personally i mean i don't like shots i, I mean i'm i'm afraid uh, of needles so nobody wants a needle I, I mean hey let me that what a fun experience no however in recovery i want to look at both spectrums of need for supplicate the person that doesn't want to have because they have a handful of suboxone film or tablets or buprenorphine tablets around the house and they have children. This is an option for them to choose to have 
just give me once a month, no problem. The gentleman boater who worked in New Bedford that was out, out and awake for 40 hours and couldn't remember how to take his medication on time, he chose, give me the shot. Then I don't have to worry about having to take my daily medication. I know I'm covered. To the point of the person that has what I call a carousel person or a turnstile person that's been in and out of recovery treatment time and time again that really wants recovery but goes back out in the environment and just gets tripped up or, or gets involved and is back at it again and just can't get it themselves. This will, if they can succumb to saying, I'll let the control is, my control is give me the shot and I know now I have it on me and I don't get to mess with it. So the level of care, the level of treatment can be that person has to, we can't give an injection without the person wanting it, but we want to inform them that this injection also can really prevent them from themselves. We want them to be first honest with themselves, but also then recognize they are, have lost some of that ability to care for themselves. And this may be the point in time to saying, Give me this injection. I know buprenorphine has worked in small periods, but maybe if I have it on a full time. Does it mean that you're going to be on a shot for life? No, you're going to be able to work with your providers to find out that recovery plan, as we talked about, is the medication. What about recovery? And that is giving you that period of time for you to establish your life in recovery with the counseling while being on a, on uh, a, on all right, a so, medical dose. All right, so the, a couple things. So. Do I still continue to come in all the time to see a counselor? What we had said in the prior past is we want the experience to come in at as much as you can to see the counselors. That's recovery. We're covering you medically wise with a medication. We want you to, if you need to be coming in on a weekly basis to speak with your counselor and then once a month to speak to, to come to see the doctor for the injection, fantastic. If it's bi-weekly, say every two weeks you come in to see the counselor, then every once a month to get the injection, fantastic. We want you there. What about, okay, so the next question is, what about urine tests? Am I going to have to come in every week to get a urine test to see that I'm being faithful while I'm on the shot? Well, that where we talked before, where we're worried, are you taking the medication? We will know you're on the medication <laughs> because we can still see a little bit of the, the bump on the following month. So we know the buprenorphine. So we're not really worried about our, is norbuprenorphine present? We want to know, is there any other medications being used or any other side effects, any other street drugs that you're using? So the counselor then can start working on how can we get you off the rest of the stuff that you don't need to be on. Okay. So the biggest complaint I've heard about the shot is quite honestly that psychologically, not taking something every day versus taking something every day is a, when you take it each day, you feel you have a comfort level that you've done what you're supposed to for the day. For instance, I have my medication here. So I know that I took my medication, so I should be okay for today. But if I just took my medication one time a month, I'd be worried that it's not in my system and I'd start having my mind playing tricks with me that I'm really not on the medication and I think that I'm feeling cravings, even though I might not be, but I just, I convince myself somehow that I am having cravings because of it. I challenge that to the sense of what we talked prior about methadone, where you have to go on a daily basis to remind yourself in recovery. And that's the recovery plan of then recognizing buprenorphine on board and where 
we've had reports of people that say when they're in the community and get challenged in the community of let's go out and use and the person leans down and goes, no, I can't. I can feel, still feel I am on it. So they feel safe that they know if challenged that there's buprenorphine in them as a blocker, that they didn't try to take themselves off the oral medication for the weekend so they could go out and use. And they become their own worst advocates of recovery because they talk themselves into something else. So they're, so they're, so though you think that they'll forget about their in recovery? No, they still know it on a daily basis that they have something there to help them. And that's where the counseling and the supports of what other things that we're going to do to recover your day. And that's the important part of the counselor's perspective because that's the essence of the medication working is to recover your life. Okay. All right. So I, I think we would be failing if we didn't mention about other injectables that are out there. And, and the most well, com- the, the most common one that I ever hear about is people who call up looking for Vivitrol. Yeah, that's, I think, the most common one that's out there. And and. What can you tell us if you know anything really about uh, I Vivitrol? Don't have a, I don't have a full perspective of Vivitrol. I know it was there for alcohol. It is an opiate blocker, and there's a, the questionable length of activity. It is an injection in the gluteus maximus, your muscle in your butt, and not much more than to say, to, to say that I don't have the full medical background on but that. It, but Vivitrol is not really for, it, it was not created initially for opioid right. treatment, but yet has been adopted by some providers for opioid treatment. Right. But and Suboxone has to have the diagnosis of opiate dependency to be able to use a buprenorphine. But really, so if you're, if you've got an alcohol addiction, mm-hmm. then Vivitrol might be a solution for right. you. But if you really are fighting an opioid addiction, you'd be better off with the sublocate as your alternative. Again, I'm not the full background of Vivitrol, so I'm not going to try to answer that one. I will answer that question. You you answer it so I don't fry myself in in hot water. water. All right. Well, that's it. All right. Well, thank you very much. This was another episode of Recovery Connection Podcast. If you have any questions or you're looking for some help out there, you can feel free to give us a call at 877-557-3155. Even if you're not in our area... We're nice. We're here to help you, truly. Give us a call. We'll point you out to resources that might be in your area that might be more suitable to you. Or you can check us out on our website at drughelp.info, D-R-U-G-H-E-L-P.info, not .com, .info. And you can check out any of our other podcasts that we've already dropped, too, for other topics that might help you in fighting substance abuse. So, for Michael and Greg... Thank you and have a great day.